Yes, sir, we promised you a great man. Oh, you just made the list! Cream of the crop! Nobody does it better! From undesirable to un-goddamn deniable! Do I have everybody's attention now? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the first ever episode of Wrestling with Edwards with your host, Scotty Wrestling. Yes, that is right. This is the first time I have had a wrestling podcast in my life. I have went from sports to pop culture, back to sports, multiple times. You probably haven't heard them. Oh, well. But what I have been wanting to do is start a wrestling podcast hosted by myself where I can share my opinions from a week-to-week basis on the best, the worst, and the absolute insane that happens in the world of professional wrestling. From WWE to New Japan Pro Wrestling all the way to AEW. I have been, try- I've been trying to do this for a year. It's been up and down of when do I do it, how do I do it. Thanks to my friends at Last Word on Pro Wrestling, they have given me this chance to have a platform to just introduce it. And now I can finally start. I hope to have friends on. I hope to have guests on. I hope to do so much in all the time I have with this show. But right now, this is the first episode. This is just me. I want you to hear me for the first time ever. I want to leave a good mark in your ear. I want this to become a podcast you want to come back to. This is the first time ever I've hosted a podcast by myself, so bear with me. We're going to have some fun. We're going to see what happens, and hopefully, hopefully, I don't make you want shut me off too bad. I can't be worse than Corey Graves, so that's a good start. Anyways, um... <sighs> In this journey, I want to share my own wrestling story, how I got here, how I fell in love with it, and how it's become a big part of my life all the way to this point. Um, I want to show what I know, what I may not know, and I want to learn from people along the way. I know how much pro wrestling is out there. I know everyone has their own cup of tea that, has, that is a fan of the product. WWE may not be your cup of tea. Well, guess what? That's what I fell in love with. That's what I still watch to this day, even if it's dreadful at times, because that's just the way I work. I hope to open up. I hope to share. I hope that this is a long-lasting podcast that people love, that ask me questions. I'm going to be open 100%. Along the way, I hope you find that I may know what I'm talking about. Probably not, but hey, that's okay. That's why we're doing this. Wrestling is such a crazy world, like I said, and without a doubt, I don't know about you guys, pro wrestling is a world that I can just relax in and enjoy with friends, family, anyone, because it's just that special. It's the best, it's better than your favorite TV show. That's what I like to call it. It's a chance to relax, 
I hope that there's a whole lot of positivity with the show. I know a lot of podcasts have a lot of negativity, and that's not what I want. I want to talk about the best of the best, sometimes complain when there's absolutely dog crap on television, no pun intended, but otherwise, I just want to give my weekly thoughts, predictions for pay-per-views, how I felt about pay-per-views, and overall, just have a good time. So, without further ado, let's kick this show off. The only way I know with WWE content, because you know what, the the only reason I'm even doing this is because of me falling in love with WWE all the way back in 2007, and we're going to start with Monday Night Raw, because where else will we start, that's the beginning of the week, and I know, I know, I'm going to watch it every single week so you don't have to, that's just the best gift I could possibly give you, and what you could give me in return is just listening to me talk. So, let's kick it off with Raw. The best thing on Raw this week was far and away Kevin Owens versus Drew McIntyre. I love both of these men when it comes to entering competition on the microphone. I I think they're both beasts. I think they should both be centerpieces in the entire show week after week after week. Kevin Owens is a freak of nature, a man his size, what he can do is incredible he's one of my favorite talents and i hope just somehow someone realizes he needs to be in the main event picture once again he hasn't been there in a very long time i understand he had the short run against kofi um earlier this year but that's nothing i want him back in the title picture legitimately i want him to be a champion i want him to have a run as a babyface champion he hasn't had that once in his career and it is time give him that shot please and on the other side of the ring with drew mcintyre who is all around one of the best talents in the world he has the size the body the in-ring talent the microphone talent he brings a special type of, what's the word, um, enthusiasm, aggressiveness, aggression, everything you want in a good wrestler. The man is a machine. He has a perfect finisher. The Claymore is something that you just don't think someone would get up from. That's probably a good finisher to have. <clears throat> I want to stress this enough. This was probably my match of the week when, in terms of all television that I watched so far this week and not because anything special they didn't even have an ending the ending was pretty unfortunate considering how hard they tried you know that but these two has such a physical match probably one of the if not the best raw match of the year in terms of just all action Kevin Owens he's so good Drew McIntyre, he's so good. I can't say enough about these two. They both went in there, put on a show. Even though the end was crap, they knew that going in. I can't give it enough. Um, We had a stunner that McIntyre managed to get out of, which was perfect. And then the match ended with another stunner, a Claymore where Kevin Owens managed to put his foot on the rope. It It was great stuff. And I just want people to understand... That Raw isn't always all bad. It's usually bad. Don't get me wrong. It's usually pretty terrible, actually. But, and only but, there's always something good. If you can find highlights online, 
Like this, if I'm gonna give you something to watch from Raw this week, it's this match. It's not the brawls at the end from the invasions. It's not something crazy like. It wasn't any woman's stuff, unfortunately. It was this match. I want you to go back and watch this match if possible and just enjoy it. Enjoy a pure wrestling match between two great wrestlers. And what I'd like to pitch here, which people probably are like, oh, you're already pitching stuff. Yeah, yeah, I am, because that's the point of the show. Um, Drew McIntyre, like I said, is an absolute beast. And what he should be doing is main eventing as well. He should be fighting Brock Lesnar. And people probably said, no, this is not going to happen. And I haven't seen any rumors for a Brock Lesnar WrestleMania match yet. Why not McIntyre? What would be so wrong with Drew McIntyre? <laughs> he is the perfect person to not only stop, not only to face Brock Lesnar, but to beat Brock Lesnar for the WWE Championship. He needs to be crowned as world champion sooner rather than later. And I know I'm contradicting myself with the Kevin Owens love earlier. But listen, if you can go to WrestleMania and get McIntyre in that ring against Brock one-on-one, and McIntyre wins the title, some way down the line, I feel like Kevin Owens versus McIntyre is a great title picture. I... I just want Brock out of the spotlight, and I want Drew in it. I want Drew all in the spotlight because he deserves it. Since he's come back, he's been a star, and he needs to be pushed as that star. Other than that, um, the brawl at the end was fine. The one that ended up happening on SmackDown, which I will talk about a little later, was far better. So I'm not going to talk too much about this one. It was... It was NXT versus SmackDown versus Raw, just like you expected. SmackDown had their uh, C team out there with Lucha House Party. Um, who else was out there? Yeah, we're going to just say Lucha House Party. Uh, Cesaro was out there. I love Cesaro, but, I mean, we know he's part of their C team, unfortunately. Um, moving on to Impact, because... Impact Wrestling, people need to understand, is a very good product right now, and it mostly has to do with my one of my favorite performers in all of wrestling, Tessa Blanchard, and I laugh because people know who know me how much I love Tessa, how it, she's just so good. She's 24 years old, and she quite possibly might be the best women's wrestler, at least in the United States. I'm not watching around the world as much as I'd like to. I know uh, my friend Alex at Last Word on Pro Wrestling would be yelling at me because I almost said best women's wrestler in the world, and oh, he would let me know that the Joshi women are better than Tessa. That's fine. But what Tessa Blanchard is doing is breaking the barrier of men versus women. She is making intergender wrestling not only cool, but feels so real. Her versus Sammy Callahan is a feud that brought me back into Impact. I haven't watched Impact in years. Years. But when I saw that Tessa was getting a shot at Sammy, not it wasn't even for the world title yet. I was I was 
hooked because I know what Tessa can bring to the table. I know what Sammy Callahan can bring to the table. He's a sick SOB. He's so good at what he does. So I was just so excited to see that. Their first match knocked it out of the park. One of my matches of the year. I'd have to get down and make a list, which I will at the end of this year, make a list of the top 10 matches in my eyes. However, what these two are doing is putting impact back on the map. They have a great roster, but these two are the centerpiece and for good reason. It, at Hard to Kill in January, officially after last after Tuesday, Tessa Blanchard will be going for the T the for, TNA Jesus the Impact World Heavyweight Championship against the champion Sammy Callahan in the main event. I cannot wait. This is their third encounter. And Sammy Callahan just became champion. But Tessa Blanchard deserves that belt. It's time to crown her as your champion, as your centerpiece. She is money. She is the one that will lead you into the promised land on Access TV. This is the right way to go. I am so happy Tessa got it done. And I cannot wait. Cannot wait to see what happens next? Now on to NXT. Yes, we are flying along 12 minutes in. And we're only flying along because I want to get to predictions. I don't want this to be an overly saturated podcast just yet. This is my first episode. I want you guys to stay. I don't want you to leave because it's too long. Even though I'm a big fan of long podcasts. I don't know. Maybe you don't want to hear me for an hour. Wouldn't blame you. Anyways, moving on to NXT. My favorite brand week in and week out. But you know what? That doesn't mean I hate AEW. That doesn't mean I need to look at the ratings every single week. I hate that that is what culture is in pro wrestling. That it's you against me. Why can't we just all enjoy it? Both both shows, believe it or not, are fantastic. They are the best shows on TV week in and week out. And that's just the truth. Anyways. NXT kicked off with the man Becky Lynch. This was a great start. Becky Lynch, I don't know if you guys remember, she was a darling in full sale despite never winning the NXT championship. She is every part of what's good with the WWE. The man, she has been fantastic since the since she turned on Charlotte Flair and she has not stopped. She's about to become the longest reigning Raw Women's Champion ever. Which, hey, I'd say that's pretty good. Ever since she won at WrestleMania in the main event. And she kicked off NXT to make the world know she was there. She wasn't backing down. She was ready for Shayna, but she didn't get Shayna. That's the best part. Rhea Ripley came out. Brutality herself the nightmare, whatever she likes to call herself. She walked out there. She looked at Becky Lynch. She laid down the challenge. What's so great about that is Rhea Ripley is becoming a face of the company already. Not a, She's the face of the NXT Women's Division, and she's only been there for couple months now. I was there when she made her debut. I was in full sale when she came to NXT from NXT UK and the 
place exploded. She is a superstar waiting to happen. And her getting the nod against Becky Lynch tells you all you need to know about what they feel about Rhea Ripley. This match is great. It was back and forth all night long. I can't say enough good things. Unfortunately, these two won't be fighting at Survivor Series. But, you know, at Shayna and Bailey and Becky, that's going to be great. Anyways, moving on. Later in the night, the second um, attack, or should I say invasion, from Monday Night Raw occurred when, and only when, Ricochet came flying out of nowhere to take out Kona Reeves. Is that even his name? Kona Reeves? That sounds about right. Sure. I don't know. I'm getting confused with Keanu Reeves. This is... I don't really care. Kona... Whatever. You know what I mean. The, the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, yeah, whatever. Um, Ricochet absolutely drilled him with a drop kick. It was fantastic. I was not ready. And it still feels like yesterday that Ricochet was in full sail. He's been almost out for a whole year, but it really doesn't feel that way. So when he returned, the crowd erupted. And what was even better was the man who came down to face him, Matt Riddle, which led to the craziest five-minute match you could ever see between these two. It was physical. It was graceful. It was a beautiful five-minute clinic by both these men. And the styles just match so well because Matt Riddle has a rather physical style as a former MMA guy. Ricochet, on the other hand, He's Mr. Flips. He can do things that no one else in professional wrestling can do. And it was just a total, total great thing to watch. And then during this match, SmackDown's Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura came down to the ring and had Riddle and Ricochet not knowing what to do. Uh, They both fought them off for the time being, and Riddle managed to roll up Ricochet for the win. NXT, once again, looking strong. You love to see it, especially me, because NXT is my favorite show. Every single week, you like to see them get the big wins over on SmackDown. What will happen to Survivor Series? I don't feel that might happen, but hey, that's that's for the predictions. We're not going to spoil those here. Anyways, after that... um, there was the amazing ladder match between Adam Cole and Dominic Dijakovic. I really hate saying Dijakovic. I like to just call him Dijak, but that's neither here nor there. We'll just do what we got to do, you know? Um, these two are great. Adam Cole, people either love him or hate him. I love him. He can do everything in that ring, in that squared circle. He can talk. He can deliver in matches. He just makes everything feel special. And the Undisputed Era is one of the best things to happen to NXT, especially after an age where Bobby Roode and Drew McIntyre were your main guys. And I always thought Bobby Roode, he was great in that NXT. He wouldn't stand a day in today's NXT. The wrestling's just too good right now. No offense to him. Adam Cole came in. He took over from day one with the Undisputed Era. And now he is the NXT champion. He is winning week in and week out. He had the best month of his life this month. And he gets to finish that up this weekend. When he goes into war games with his Undisputed Era brothers. And then one night later defends the NXT championship on 
Survivor Series. Anyways, this match came down to the wire. Dijakovic was climbing the ladder. He looked like he was going to win. He had the bum knee from earlier when Adam Cole super kicked it and then attacked it on the ring post. That he's climbing, he's climbing. Adam Cole gets to his feet, climbs up to the top, hits him in the head with the briefcase, sends him crashing down through the ladder, unlatching the briefcase, and winning the match for his undisputed brethren to get the advantage in war games this Sunday. You knew, I feel like you usually know when that the heel is going to get the advantage because it's, there's no really good other way to do it in war games. When the, be, when the good guys have it, it just doesn't work the same way. Adam Cole wins, he continues his hot streak, and then... The war was, and after that great match, the Undisputed Era were coming out to celebrate, and SmackDown got in their face, and the brawl, of course, was coming one after another. Drew McIntyre, Keith Lee, Seth freaking Rollins, who I understand is not on the best of terms with many fans, if any, but it just felt so big. On NXT in full, and then as Seth Rollins stood tall in the middle of the NXT ring, who would you think would come out? Tommaso Ciampa made his presence felt, his music hit. He said, You're in my ring, you motherfucker. And he cleared, he went, he walked down there. First of all, actually, I need to give him credit. He first of all cleaned out Adam Cole with a knee. You know why? Because that's his rival. And he is a professional. He understands what's going on. He understands he has to build to two shows. He wants to defend this turf, but he also wants to take out the Undisputed Era. And that's why Tommaso Ciampa needs all the love possible for me because he's the best thing going in NXT along with the Undisputed Era because he knows his job. Anyways, him and Seth Rollins stare down at each other as the show is going off the air. You could see people running in, those two protecting, but the fight was on. This Survivor Series buildup has been fantastic on the NXT standpoint. Seth Rollins and Champa in the ring face-to-face, it felt like such a big deal. And it being in front of Full Sail felt even more real. So with that being said, NXT complete. We are going to jump into the NXT TakeOver War Games predictions. Yes, mine truly. We don't know all of Team Champa's teammates, but you know what? We're just going to go with it. All right? So, announced on Friday night was the kickoff match for NXT TakeOver War Games between Isaiah Swerve Scott and Angel Garza. I, for one, am very much looking forward to this one. These two are some of the best up-and-coming talents in NXT right now. From Swerve being just the smooth cat inside and out of the ring, bringing the Swerve match after match. He's starting a winning streak. And then Angel Garza on the other side. I mean, he he's dripping charisma. Charisma that got him in the Cruiserweight Championship match. Charisma that is going to possibly get him a win on Saturday. No, 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 no. I am picking Isaiah Swerve Scott. I believe this will kind of be a Cruiserweight 
number one contendership match or at least move him forward to the point where he goes one-on-one with Leo Russian. My goodness, how good will that match be? I'm picking Isaiah Swerve Scott for the first. So then we get to the main card. It is Pete Dunne versus Damian Priest versus Killian Dane. The winner goes to Survivor Series to take on Adam Cole, baby. And that will be for the NXT Championship. Who do I think will go? This this rivalry has been going for a few weeks now. Killian Dane kind of inserted himself in, but it hasn't been any worse, if not anything. This match is going to be insane. It's three completely different styled wrestlers. We got a brawler, we got a British strong style, and we got, well, whatever Damian Priest is, that's what we got. He's athletic, he kicks a lot. I don't know what his style is, but he's pretty good. I'm excited for this one because I feel like no one's talking about it. It's not really three people that people love necessarily. I mean, Pete Dunne has his fans, but Killian Dane and Damian Priest are rather quiet additions to NXT. I think they're going to be very good, and I think this match is going to surprise a lot of people. However, who am I picking to win? Had this been a match... Happening on NXT regular for no one number one contendership. I honestly thought Killian Dane was going to come out with the victory. However, this is now for the Survivor Series spot to go one on one with Adam Cole on a big stage, a big four pay per view. This is Pete Dunn's to win. Pete Dunn versus Adam Cole is my prediction for Survivor Series. I'm going with Pete Dunn, the former UK champion. And apologies if I'm cutting out a little during this. I had to take a couple breaks because I needed to get a drink of water. But that's fine. We are good to go. Anyways, continuing on in the TakeOver show. We got Finn Balor returning to the NXT ring officially to take on Matt Riddle. This was a match not expected to happen. As Finn Balor made it very clear, Johnny Gargano was his target. But you know what? Matt Riddle, not a bad replacement. He attacked Riddle a few weeks ago. Riddle took exception. Riddle got payback on NXT this week, hitting the ripcord knee. And now we have this action. These are two completely different styles. We don't know what Finn's going to do. Does he bring out the demon? Is this new Prince version that we saw many times in New Japan? Is this the full version coming here? We don't know what Finn's going to be doing. We don't know what persona he's bringing. But we do know that Finn is back. And Finn is going to prove to the world he is one of the best still to this day. Him versus Matt Riddle is a match I can't wait to see. Could be the show stealer despite two War Games matches. And my pick is going to be Finn Balor because duh. And then comes as... William Regal says so well, War Games! Yeah, see, I can't say it even close to as well. Anyways, we're going to do War Games Men first because I really do think the ladies should main event as this is the first time ever. So we got the Undisputed Era, all of the gold. No, it is not on the line, even though I was kind of thinking maybe that happened. But no, it's not going to happen. We got the Undisputed Era's Adam Cole, Roderick Strong, Bobby Fish, and Kyle Riley stepping into War Games for the third time, the third straight year. They are the veterans. They have an advantage going in against Team Champa, 
which is comprom oh uh, not compromise, which is made up by, of course, Tommaso Ciampa, Dominic Dijakovic, and one of my favorites, Keith Lee. We don't know the fourth partner. It was supposed to be Riddle. Riddle stepped out to take on Finn. It could be Velveteen Dream, but all rumors say he's still hurt and will be hurt for the foreseeable future, unfortunately. But, hey, you never know. Um, it's not going to be Johnny Gargano. I thought maybe Isaiah Swerve Scott had a shot. That seems like it's not going to happen as now he has a match earlier in the night. Maybe it's a surprise. Maybe I'm just completely missing the ball here. But there's going to be a fourth person for Team Champa. This match should be bonkers. Always is. Always has been. And I can't wait for it to come. Anyways. Who am I going to pick to win? Last year, the Undisputed Era lost after winning the first one. It's a tough choice. But I'm going with Team Champa. I think the mystery partner is going to help give them an advantage. And this is a chance for all the champions to lose without losing their titles. Tommaso needs this win more than anyone, I believe, because he just came back. He needs to solidify himself as the number one contender for Adam Cole's championship. I believe that would be the right choice. So I'm going with Team Champa here. That's a tough choice, but it's the one I'm willing to. And then we have the history-making match. Team Baszler, Team Ripley, four versus four inside the war game structure. Two rings will be out there. It should be fantastic. We got Shayna Baszler captaining the team of her, Bianca Belair, Io Shirai, and the NXT United Kingdom Women's Champion, Kaylee Ray. And on the other side of the ring, we got Rhea Ripley, Mia Yim, Candice LeRae, and one of my other favorites, Tegan Knox. This match is going to be insane. I don't know what these ladies are going to do. I don't know where, how far they'll go. But with someone like Candice LeRae in this match, this could get crazy. So when it comes down to it, who's going to win? Rhea Ripley has been at the forefront of everything. And this is a chance to have Shayna lose. But that would be two good people winning. I, I'm not sure because we have two champions on one side. We have the champion of NXT UK and of NXT. And then we got the Rhea Ripley side, which has Mia Yim, Tegan Knox, and Candice LeRae. I could see all of them losing. However, I'm going to go with Team Baszler, and here's why. I feel like Shayna may not win at Survivor Series, and she needs to keep rolling. Do I think Rhea Ripley is going to be pinned? Absolutely not. I think that's what Mia Yim's in this match for, to be honest. And there's still the Dakota Kai factor. I feel like she could screw Team Ripley somehow, some way in this match. I'm going with Team Baszler to win the first ever Women's War Games. So with NXT TakeOver done, we're going to continue to move on through the week, starting with AEW Dynamite. This show was, again, a very, very good show. Um, started off with a hot opener, Nick Jackson versus Phoenix. 
I can't even begin to tell you what they did. There was a Canadian's destroyer by Nick Jackson for a close two count. Then there was a super kick, big shock from both. Um, they were trading back and forth. There was flips. There was so much. I, I can't even try. And that was a few days ago. I can't remember everything. Anyways, it comes down to the end of it. Nick Jackson was just seconds away from winning. He attempted a tombstone. We get to the very, very end. Phoenix puts Nick Jackson up top, gets him in the muscle buster position, and hits the Mexican muscle buster for the victory. Phoenix grabs his first singles win since joining AEW. I believe Phoenix and Pentagon, they're great as a team. They can also be even better as singles. After the match, Nick Jackson looks for a nice little handshake. No dice. Which is fine. Which is fine. Because Phoenix is the heel. But I think Phoenix has even more potential as a babyface down the road. Maybe when Pentagon turns on him. I don't know. I don't don't write the show. But I'm just thinking, maybe a good idea. Anyways, and then the best part of the show, which is usually, almost always, Chris Jericho. The Le Champion of the... AEW roster. He is the top guy. He's the AEW world champion, and he is probably the best part of TV week in and week out. This week, he was talking about how he's still, he's finally going to get his thank you next week at the Thanksgiving thank you celebration. And I, for one, can't wait. He said there's going to be games. I mean, you can't pass up games here, right? You gotta love games. Um, what I love about Jericho is the man continues to reinvent himself. Is this his best run of his career? I don't know yet. It's not over. But what I do know is that week in and week out, he gets the job done. He's the perfect first world champion. And now he defends that world title next week against Scorpio Sky, who made his way down to the ring with SCU in tow. And they played up the fact Oh, they don't want a championship match. He doesn't want one. And then Jericho, just being as funny as ever, goes and says, You don't want a championship match? You don't think you can beat me? Well, guess what? I'm giving you a championship match. That was great. Jericho is on point week in and week out. I'm here for it. I love this segment. And next week, we get Scorpio Sky, who said in the promo, He's waited 15 years for this opportunity, and he's not going to pass it up. He said he's going to make... The Le Champion, his Le Bitch. See, I can't say it as good as them, but, you know, it is what it is. Moving on to SmackDown. From tonight, because I'm taping on Friday, I'm going to be honest with you, I'm recording right now. We're going to call this Talking Smack on a weekly basis, because I miss Talking Smack. That was a great show. And you know what, this is SmackDown. Let's, let's bring it back. Let's give some love to Renee Young and bring it back. So, show kicks off. Baron Corbin. Ugh. Ugh. Sorry. I know. Kicking kicking anything off of Baron Corbin is a tough pill to swallow. But that's what we're doing. Anyways. Kicking off with Baron Corbin. And he has uh, Bobby Roode. Sorry, Robert Roode. And Dolph Ziggler by his side. Talking to the SmackDown locker room. Before Roman Reigns walks up there with Shorty G and Mustafa Ali to say, we are opening this door tonight. We are letting them in. 
as in Raw and NXT. We're not we're not scared of the fight. Baron Corbin calls him dumb. Yada yada yada. Oh well. The door was open, and this would come back in a great way later on in the night. So, Sasha Banks steps up, tells those two to shut up, and that the women were going to go to the ring right now and call them out. And that's exactly what they did. Sasha got on the mic, called NXT out, and then knew. She somehow knew Raw was there. I don't know how. I guess she just walked by them on her way to the ring. We'll just overlook that, okay? Anyways, Charlotte comes down to the ring with her team in hand. So she's got Asuka, Kyrie Sane, Natalia, and, you know, we love this pick, Sarah Logan. It's good that she's getting this shot even to be on the team after not being on TV for months, really. And since the riot squad broke up, we haven't really got to see them. So I was a fan of it. Anyways, continuing. <clears throat> They're talking, blah, 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 all that good stuff. Then NXT's music hits. And remember, before tonight, we didn't have either the men's elimination team or the women's elimination team. Well, guess what? We had the women's elimination team real quick as R- Rhea Ripley. <laughs> yeah, I bet you love hearing that name a lot. Made her presence known. She... Looked to the crowd. She had the following four in tow. She had Mia Yim. Shocker. She had Tegan Knox. Shocker. She had Candice LeRae. Shocker. Yep, that's her. That's her uh, war games team. But, and only but, was her fifth member a wonderful surprise in the form of Tony Storm. We haven't seen Tony Storm on NXT or any WWE television at all in all year and she's been on NXT UK she's going to Blackpool takeover but uh, Tony Storm has so much potential and the day she fully steps into NXT is when we get on board and I'm happy they're including them because Tony Storm is a incredible talent this is exactly what we want to see and these five women are going to represent NXT perfectly. So what does Rhea Ripley offer? She offers a captain versus captain versus captain match. And that's exactly what we got. And guess what? It was fantastic. Charlotte Flair, Sasha Banks, and Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley is a tall woman. Charlotte Flair is a tall woman. So these two in the ring, you could just look at them and you just think of the possible singles matches they could have in the future. Rhea's still young. She's still raw. But down the line, these two are going to be the centerpiece. Anyways, so match going back and forth. Charlotte walks in the figure four, trying to turn into the figure eight. And Rhea Ripley perfectly gets her shoulders down for the three count. Yes. Rhea Ripley pinned Charlotte Flair. She beat her and Sasha Banks to represent NXT. NXT booked it to the ring. While Sasha Banks and Charlotte Flair stared at each other. And the fight was on between Raw and SmackDown. They were going at it, throwing hands while NXT was just at the top laughing. And you know what? I honestly love to see it because NXT needs to win some, some matches this coming Sunday, or this was all messed up. They cannot go over. That's what I'm stressing right now. 
and them getting this good representation going in to Survivor Series is exactly what I like to see, but it does scare me a little. Anyways, let's move on. Sami Zayn walks down to the ring with a new belt. And of course, he represents Shinsuke Nakamura. So the fear automatically enters my heart. What does the new Intercontinental Championship look like? Because you knew that was the new belt. And it's rather shocking because most would agree that the belt that doesn't need to be changed was the Intercontinental Championship. The prestige, the white strap, the gold, it all looked right. But hey, we're getting a new one. And when he pulled it out of the bag, I looked at it and thought, that's a beautiful championship belt. It, It's exactly what the WWE wants in their belts. They want the side plates with the holder. They don't want the nameplate anymore, which is fine. Which is fine. That's their style, and I actually like the style. The belt is a beautiful belt. It reminds me of an NXT championship more than anything. But what's great is they didn't ruin it. The uh, tag team championships are horrible. Um, the tomato title, sorry, that's from one of my favorite podcasters, a great, great comment by him. Um, the blue belt now is not great, not great at all. WWE championship. I'm a fan of what I was scared of was that they were going to ruin the intercontinental championship. And that's not what they did. They have this new, beautiful, black strap with the gold it looks perfect i highly recommend looking at it i'm a big fan of it of course i like the white strapped intercontinental championship probably the most it was one of my favorite titles however this was a great new belt if they want to move in a new direction moving on the undisputed era walked out uh, during this segment when shinsuke was fakingly not remembering who Roderick Strong was. He walks down to the ring. The Undisputed Era fight is on. Well, not really because, you know, Sami Zayn and Shinsuke left. But, hey, we're going to act like it was a fight. And then comes down the New Day, yada, 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 heavy machinery. We got got a four-on-four tag team match. Woohoo! Anyways, fast forward. Undisputed Era pick up the victory. You love to see it. Moving on. We're going to the end of SmackDown. Mostly because it's late. I'm tired. I don't want this podcast again to go too long. And we got Survivor Series predictions to do. So let's get moving. The big brawl at the end. It is perfect. So the main events. Baron Corbin. Bobby Roode. I see. I'm going to keep saying Bobby Roode. So let's get over it. Dolph Ziggler versus Roman Reigns. Chad Gable. And Mustafa Ali. So they go. Three and three. Blah, blah, blah. Baron Corbin pins Mustafa Ali. Great. Of course, Baron Corbin won. Anyways. So then, Roman hits the spear on Baron Corbin. Clears the ring. He's standing in the middle. Burn it down. Hits. Seth Rollins is heading to the ring. Down the ramp, shield style. But he has the entire Raw roster following him. This was a pretty cool sight. Or at least all the men's roster. And then he says, you know what, wait here. He gets into the ring, stares down Roman Reigns. And then the fight is on between those two. Raw runs in. Then the SmackDown roster comes down. Braun Strowman comes down. It's a fight. It's a malice at the palace. It's 
everything Chicago could ask for was some great stuff. And then the moment of the NXT in DX fashion when they tried to invade WCW on the Army military vehicle of D-Generation X. NXT comes riding down, walking Triple H and Road Dog and Shawn Michaels leading the way. It was a scene to watch. It was so great. It was a pure invasion. The entire NXT roster is in there. You see Walter. You got Matt Riddle. You got Keith Lee. You got everyone you could ever ask for on the men's side. They're down there. The fight is on. The brawl is going crazy. Keith Lee's in the ring by himself. And I'm like, what is what is going to come from this? Uh, and then Braun Strowman gets in there. And it's not. It's it's one of those situations where you see them get in there, and you're like, "Oh, I never thought I wanted this match until right now." Keith Lee is a massive man. Braun Strowman is a massive man. That fight could be so good. Keith Lee does things that no one expects, and the show went off the air with these two staring down. It was a perfect way to sell the Survivor Series pay per view in my eyes. I am. So pumped for this weekend. I am excited for TakeOver. I am amped for Survivor Series. I need NXT to get some wins, though. Which brings us to the Survivor Series predictions, ladies and gentlemen. Top to bottom, this may be the card of the year. you got NXT in there. you got three championship matches. SmackDown versus Raw versus NXT. All the good stuff. So, let's start with the championship matches. You got Adam Cole, and I said it's going to be Pete Dunne, so we're going to ride with that. I think Adam Cole is retaining no matter what. I don't think Adam Cole should lose to any of the three men. I think Adam Cole is going to be losing to Tommaso Ciampa. I think that is the right call because Tommaso Ciampa needs Goldie back, first of all. Second of all, I think that's the rivalry we're going with. I think that's the best move going forward. Brock Lesnar versus Rey Mysterio. I have been hyped for this match ever since it was announced because what Brock can do inside the ring, much like my guy CM Punk said on, what is that show called? Oh, WWE Backstage this past week. This is why pro wrestling can be great. If Brock is Brock and he cares and he gives it his all, this match can be fantastic, much like his past two years of Survivor Series matches against AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan. We know what Rey Mysterio can do. He is one of the greatest of all time. Luchadors, wrestlers, whatever you want to call it. This is a match I cannot wait to see. Unfortunately, I do not see Rey Mysterio winning. This is going to be a Brock Lesnar victory. It's no holds bar. It's going to be a close one. We're going to get the Great false finish when we think Ray has stolen it, but I'm taking Brock Lesnar. Next, The Fiend versus Daniel Bryan for the Universal Championship. I love Daniel Bryan. I think this is part of a longer story where Daniel Bryan goes insane, which is very much something I want because I think that's the best for business type of scenario. I know how much people hate that. However... I do believe that this match can be not only very good, but I don't know how The Fiend's going to fight. The His first two matches with Seth Rollins weren't great. I would prefer if the red light wasn't there, but we saw it on SmackDown. I'm kind of ready for the red light. Either way, 
This is part of a longer story for Daniel Bryan to find the yes, as in the yes movement. He's going to come back to that eventually. They have planted the seeds. Daniel Bryan is not the best version of himself, unfortunately. And that's what The Fiend wants. The Fiend remembers that version, that version that attacked him, the version that turned on him. This is what's going to happen and I think this is going to be a fun match. I think the Fiend's walking out on top. He has to walk out on top. There's not a choice there. He should not be losing. Anyways, that's that's my call. I do think this is part of a bigger story for Daniel Bryan. I don't know where it leads. I do think it leads to him bringing the Yes movement back because he starts a losing streak of sorts. Anyways, let's continue on. So we got the triple threat match of the mid-card championships we got AJ Styles representing Raw Shinsuke Nakamura representing Smackdown and Roderick Strong representing NXT this match is going to be stellar it's going to be three of the best wrestlers in the company going one-on-one-on-one it's going to be fun it's going to be something that people will be talking about the next day I hope they just get 15 minutes plus and just go in there and swing. Who do I think is going to walk out victorious? I'm going with Shinsuke Nakamura. I think SmackDown gets a leg up. Um, I think SmackDown gets this win. And you know what? There's four matches. It's going to go 1-1-1, one, 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 and then someone's going to win the deciding one, which will probably be the mental elimination. Anyways, picking Shin, SmackDown gets one. Let's uh, follow that. So next up, we're going to go with the women's elimination match. You got Team Raw consisting of Charlotte, Sarah Logan, Asuka, Kairi Sane, and Natalia. You got Team SmackDown consisting of Lacey Evans, Carmella, Nikki Cross, Dana Brooke, and the captain Sasha Banks. And then you got Team NXT with Rhea Ripley, Tony Storm, Tegan Knox, Mia Yim, and Candice LeRae. Who's who's gonna get this win? I'm going raw here, and it's simple. Charlotte Flair got pinned on SmackDown, and she needs to get a win back. She has been kind of like off the off the uh, shows lately. Like she hasn't been really doing much. She's been tagging with Becky or Natalia, kind of random. I think she gets a big win here. Um, She's possibly the sole survivor for her team, even. Because remember, this is an elimination match. I don't know how this is going to work. I don't know if there's three people in the ring at the same time. You would think they would be, but, you know, again, I don't know. Anyways, I'm going with Team Raw here to make it one-to-one. Which brings me to the triple threat women's match. And this is where I have a tough time. Of course, Bailey has been making her mark. She's been attacking. She's attacked Shayna on SmackDown. Becky's kind of been a little out of it. I mean, Shayna's attacked her, but Bailey got her hands on her. But Becky hasn't been, like, cared enough. I'm kind of shocked she wasn't on um, SmackDown this past week. Either way. And then there's Shayna, who started the attacks. She left her mark. And you know what? A lot of people probably don't see this, but this is what I do. I'm picking Shayna Baszler to make it 1-1-1 NXT SmackDown Raw. I think Shayna Baszler taps, not taps out, puts Bailey to sleep. 
to get the victory. I think Becky's not part of this um, finish, and I think it's the perfect scenario to establish Shayna Baszler as the, not the best woman, but she deserves recognition. This is where she gets it, and I'm a big fan of her, and I think this is this is her match. And then finally, the men's elimination. You get the SmackDown team with Captain Roman Reigns leading them in. Baron Corbin, Braun Strowman, Shorty G, Chad Gable, and Mustafa Ali. It's a good team. It's a good team, except for, you know, Baron Corbin, of course. But it's a pretty good team. It's a good spot for Mustafa and uh, Gable to get. Then you got Team Raw, a team of studs. Honestly, these are all main event stars in my eyes. And I think this is going to be a big one. You got Seth Rollins captaining the team with Ricochet, Kevin Owens, Randy Orton, and Drew McIntyre. They have the advantage right off the bat. They have Mr. Survivor Series himself, Randy Orton. He has been sole survivor a number of times. He has won these matches more than anyone in history. However... He has this weird thing going on with Ricochet right now. Does he turn on him or does he go for the win? I'll get to that in a second. And then there's Team NXT. Not announced. Don't know when it's going to be announced. Maybe they're waiting for TakeOver to happen. I don't I don't know. Because the Undisputed Era are all filled in. Um, if I had to give a guess of who fills this team, I'm going Champa, Dijakovic... Keith Lee, Matt Riddle, and, you know, let's toss in Walter there. I think Walter might get the shot. He was on TV this week. He's in town. Why not? Um, When it comes down to it, my gut tells me Randy Orton is turning on Ricochet. He's costing his team this victory. He's leaving. He doesn't care about his Survivor Series record, even though he's the best ever. This isn't going to hurt him. I think Raw is out of it. It comes down to for me to SmackDown and NXT. NXT doesn't have a team yet. I, th- I think I think Roman Reigns will... This will be him propelling himself to the top once again. He hasn't been at the top since he's come back from his uh, leukemia sickness. I think this will be the start of a major build to back to the top. Roman Reigns, maybe he survives with someone, but I think Roman Reigns gets the win for SmackDown. They need to make Fox happy. They need to make them look strong. This is the right way to go. And you know, that's it. This was the show. I I hope you guys give me a little break this time around. I'm figuring out everything. I've done podcasts in the past, but I've never hosted my own um, as time went on this podcast, I thought, hey, maybe I'm getting a little better. Maybe I'm not. I'd love to hear recommendations, what you guys want to hear. Um, maybe you think it sucked. That's fine. That's fine. But I want to make sure that this is a ongoing show, that I deliver the best content I possibly can week after week because I have a lot of wrestling opinions. This week was a feeling out type of thing. It's a big week. It's a big time. Um I'm excited. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. Otherwise, I will see you next Friday when I record episode two of Wrestling with Edwards, starring yours truly, Scotty Wrestling. Otherwise, have a good week. Enjoy Survivor Series weekend. And I'll see you.